Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. is so much more in you, more than I think that you even know, or that's even possible, which is why we started this podcast, Shut the Should Up, because so many shoulds we need to find freedom from. And in this series, this five-part mini-series, we're talking about finding freedom in your season. Don't waste another season, y'all. Don't waste another one. Jenny, how's your season going right now? If you were going to tell me what season you're in, what is it? Studying. I miss that song. <laughs> what was that song? Excuse me. I need it back. Oh, I was. It just seasons of love. Isn't oh, it from a musical? It's from Rent. Yes. Was that a was that yeah. a trick? Like, did you think my musical theater major in college wouldn't do well, me well? You acted. Sh- I mean, you acted shocked. Like, I miss that song. What is that song? And I was like, Well, I couldn't you just organically know it. I was over. I was over speaking on top of you. And so that's why it's, it's not because like, I didn't know. It's because I missed it. Hit the note. It was, it was, I was ready to join you with the five part harmony in the background somehow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. What season are you in? You said a season of studying. Season of studying. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, uh, do I need to, do I need to label it as like a winter, summer, fall, winter, spring season? Yeah, yeah. What would that be? Okay, I would say I'm in the gathering season. Mm. So is that spring? Gathering. That's a harvest, right? Oh, well, give me straight A's, Lord. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, gathering is is harvest because you got something to gather. (laughs) I'm gathering. You're Lots gathering. Well, harvest season, how funny, because that's actually what we're going to talk about today is a harvest Look season. That. I know. How did that even work? We honestly did not plan that. So people are like, oh, how cute, y'all. You rehearsed. No, we really didn't. That was just, <laughs> we're just talking about it. Clearly, we do know. Really rehearsed. <laughs> what season Can are you, you in? Tell? What season are you in? Can you not tell? We practiced Ooh, for 20 minutes. I think I'm walking out of a winter into a spring. Ooh, I, I'm starting okay. to see some new things happening. And as a matter of fact, the last two episodes, if you're not caught up, we did talk a bit about the differentiation of our winter and spring seasons when things die and when things are made alive. And um, I think I've been walking through some really heavy, heavy things that had to die for a couple of years, probably like the rest of the world after 2020. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but I do feel that newness. I feel that. um reviving and bringing back to life or giving new things life that haven't had it before. Um, and mm-hmm. so I, I think I'm in that middle stage of Punxsutawney Phil needing to come out and tell me which one's going to last longer <laughs> spring <laughs> or winter, you know, are we seeing your shadow? Are we not? What's coming up next? I'm in, I'm in that weird stage of cheese in February, you know, where you're, where you don't know what to do next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. For those of y'all that are wondering about cheese, it's because I eat too much cheese. Really, that's it. That's all. That was just a confession. I didn't understand. No, they didn't understand. They're like, cheese in February. <laughs> Is that on a t-shirt somewhere? So today for Harvest Talks, uh, this is going to, we're going to jump. You know, if you've listened to the Carol King song or James Taylor, you've heard winter, spring, summer, or fall, and you feel like it has to go in that order or just by the natural seasons, you know, Um, but we're going to skip today and we're going (laughs) to skip summer and we're going to jump straight into a harvest into the fall. And today we're going to talk about the work of your hands when it's time to collect the things that you've invested in. What season of your life, what produces from that and what's valuable in that and what offers you the most joy in that season? And I feel like a lot of us are living for the harvest. Does that make sense? I think everybody dreams of the harvest Mm -hmm. season. Yeah. I think we're all like, oh, how many of you have said this phrase before, including you, Jenny? So. This is for listeners and you. Um, When I could just blank, life will be better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're always that forward thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You you think when I can just drive, oh, my life is going to be so much better. I'm going to get out of this house. My parents won't be able to tell me what to do, where to go. Um, When I just graduate high school, when I just get married. When I have kids, when I get a big house or a house, period, when I pay off the house, when I get a better car, I mean, you think about that job. Yes. When I get the career, not just the job, but the promotion in the career, when, Mm -hmm. when I get the sabbatical, when I get the time off from the job, (laughs) you know, I've earned enough clout and tenure for them to say, you need a rest, you know, um, there's so many things that we're looking forward to the next thing. When I just reach this level, when I walk into that harvest of all the work that I've put into, that's going to be so fulfilling. And I just got to, I got to ask, does it feel fulfilling? Does it really feel fulfilling? Is this this a trick question? It really, I mean, it's, it, I'm trying to think of a specific and everyone listening, think of a specific I think it's easier if you think of a specific moment where you have. Y'all didn't know that, that, that was our high quality editing uh, (laughs) sound effect that we put in, and it sounds like Jenny's voice. And in fact, it is (laughs) a button we push. (laughs) Can't get the words out, push the button. Um, (laughs) Felt right, Candace. It felt right. So So, yeah. I had to call it out. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) there's been there's been moments I'll think career focus there's been moments in my career where Mm. it has like I've launched a thing or I've reached the next level and you still feel the same at the end of the day I remember telling you that once Candice like yeah yeah Yeah. just another thing out into the world feels exactly the same nothing has changed and you're like yeah it never does is what you said (laughs) (laughs) you can say that with some authority because some of our listeners may be new and they don't know, but you have an Emmy. So if I was going to look at the apex of all of the things that was going to be like your harvest prize, this is the greatest harvest you brought in was your, you've got an Emmy. 
is that fulfilling to where you're like, Ugh. everything else can, can go to this wayside. Nothing else matters. I'm stopping all production of life. I, this is the moment. <laughs> this is the time. Nothing else, nothing else worth it. Me putting my foot to the plow anymore. Yeah, I'm done. No, I would have been done in my twenties. That's when I got it. And mm. I am sick of Like people still will introduce me with that like Emmy award winning editor, which is great. <laughs> but do we have to ride this out another 20 years? Like I'm 41. I've right, heard it right, enough. right. Right. So well, we're it's a qualifier. I'm, it's, a yeah. qualifier it's a qualifier of a high yeah. season, a high season that mm -hmm. produces a high yield. And this is, this is what I'm learning. Um, and, and I gotta be honest with our listeners. If you wonder where all these conversations are coming from, number one, we kind of pray through about what we should be doing and speaking about in this season, because we were new, we were going to have these five parts. But something that I've been personally doing is just camping in the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's not a fun book necessarily. I'm not going to lie. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> if you've never read the Bible, don't start there. Don't let that be your first one. <laughs> that or Job. You know what I mean? Like that. Uh, uh, those just do, or, or numbers or Leviticus. Leviticus. Like I could add some, a list of, you know, books you shouldn't read first, you know. Start in Romans. Romans is a good one. Ephesians is good. But uh, no, the whole Bible's great. For those of y'all that are already canceling me, calm down. <laughs> calm Candace down. Candace doesn't read her Bible. <laughs> Ecclesiastes has been where I've been camping because there's an idea here that I cannot escape. And it starts in chapter three, verse one. It says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And then it goes through this exhaustive list of kind of like, here's the seasons that you're going to encounter while you're alive. But throughout the book, it also has these subheadings before it dives into this conversation. And a lot of them say the futility of dot, dot, dot. So the futility of work, um, the futility of wealth, the futility of political power. I mean, when you're looking at these subheadings, the, the futility of the future being known or unknown. I mean, like there's so many things that you think, okay, so what are we living for? What's mm -hmm. the harvest? Why put in the effort? Why do the work? What is absolutely worth the end goal? Because I think what we're used to seeing are these apex moments in our faith or in our walks with the Lord. And we feel like once I reach this, that will be fulfilling. And, and the reality is just like Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, that doesn't fulfill us. It actually makes us feel more futile in our efforts. So, wah, wah. <laughs> you know, cheer up church. Hope you enjoyed this message. Thanks for tuning in today. It's been so much fun. That's a Catch wrap. you next week. Um, what I, what I want to pull out from today is about a harvest season. That's actually worth the living for. And here's, here's what I'm going to say. Our harvest is less about the apex moments on our timeline and mountains that we reach and achievements and goals that we have as much as it's more about the end of being able to be face to face in heaven with the Lord. Like presence is the apex harvest. Presence, unfiltered, completely seen. Like, you know, the New Testament tells us, now we see as, as one looking in a mirror dimly lit, that gone, that veil ripped, that, that clouded, shrouded presence to be fulfilled. 
that's the harvest that I feel like the author of Ecclesiastes is trying to point out to us, but I also feel like it's what we need to keep our eyes aimed on for all, all yeah. of our life, all of our life. I want to look at Ecclesiastes 3.11, and let's just kind of pull out some things from this. We're going to go Ecclesiastes 3.11 all the way down through verse 15, but I'm going to kind of stop along the way and let's have some discussion, okay? This is more of like Bible time than we usually do, but I feel like I don't know where to start but other than the word on this. Verse 11 says, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded this. There is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. First thoughts when you hear that scripture, Jenny. First thoughts. Uh, honestly, it's pointing me back to the last series we did on revival and it's just having me reminisce on the presence of the Lord and what that was like. So mm. that's where my brain went. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. What would it look like for you if you lived a life that, that was in the same conclusion as the author here is saying, I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. I mean, it depends what how you define happiness, right? Like if if I take that, I could pull that out of context and be like, I'm going to live worldly happy and I'm going to go party and get find fulfillment and all these crazy things that the world calls happy. Or I can have this eternal perspective that they're talking about and live, mm. live the way the Lord designed us and find my happiness through him and because of him and in him, right? And that's where true happiness Absolutely. is Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think in this context, it'd be safe to say you have to look at the precursor. And it's right where we started in verse 11. God made everything beautiful for its own time. So yeah. if your frustration is, I'm not happy where I'm at. I'm not happy what I'm doing. I'm not happy who, who I am in this moment. If I could just get this, I'd be better. If I could just do this, I'd be better. And listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't set goals. Or that you shouldn't try to obtain a different, more satisfying future, right? But the aim is to have the eternal perspective fully enveloped your in your heart and your thinking. And then the beauty in its own time. I will tell you right now, I'm about almost a year and a half diagnosed ADHD learning and consuming all I can to figure out some things for me and my son that both have it in our house. And I'll tell you this, the hardest struggle I have is now. The hardest struggle in everything that I do on a daily basis is being present in the moment. And this is what I think it's saying about being happy. Enjoy yourself as long as you can. Let me ask you, are you happy in the moment that you're in? I'm not asking, are you, are you getting a buzz? Are you elated? Are you feeling like you could do twirls and spin around in a cute, long, flowy skirt? 
like that's the kind of happiness that I think of that's free, you know, do you feel <laughs> like you're running the in field. the fields? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but can you be happy in the moment that you're in right now, knowing that you don't have eternity in its full view, like God does. Can you mm. be happy when you have relationships that are broken and suffering and hurting and need repair in the moment that you're in right now? Can you be happy in the grief that you're walking in? Because look at the beginning of Ecclesiastes 3. It says there's a time for every single thing under heaven. A time to grieve. A time to tear down and a time to build up. If you're in a tearing down, can you still say, right now, right now, you've made this moment beautiful? Because beauty isn't based off of perfection or... I love this. You know how that phrase says beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why is that so powerful? Why is that such a powerful phrase? I think it's powerful because whoever is looking at it can see beauty, whether it's messy or perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and so whether you're walking in a season that feels very messy or very put together, it can still be beautiful because God's made everything beautiful for its own time. Even the things that are messy, even the things that are stained and ugly, you can find beauty in. And so that's really what um, a harvest that's fully encapsulating your entire life. A harvest season really looks like when you look it out. Well, if you too look at Genesis 131, it says God saw everything that he made and behold, it was mm. very good. So not mm. only will it become beautiful, but it, it, the original design was very good, right? So mm-hmm. as you're describing this forward thinking of the security we have in the Christian faith, that produces mm. beauty, that produces us to be able to see the beauty of the, the messes, the brokenness, becoming good, becoming fully beautiful, becoming what it was intentionally mm. designed for. Um, and I think that that security of the security of the Christian faith brings us into this consistent happiness, even mm. when, like you said, the beauty's in the eye of the beholder, even when the world feels unbeautiful, right? There's still that stabilizing faith. So good. It's so good to, I mean, think about how God defines good and the things that he sees. I've been overwhelmed just reading through the Bible in my yearly Bible reading plan. And I've just been reading. Are you up to date on it? Let's just. I am actually. I'm a little bit ahead. Oh, I got work. curious. I'm so proud and so of you. I, wow. I went a few I got days curious. fast. So I was like, tough. I need to remember how this ended. <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> four awesome. days ahead of my plan. Um, Get it, girl. One of the things I know, right? One of the things that I'm I'm enamored with is this whole 40 years in the wilderness and the manna and like they're wandering. We we want to focus on that, but the reality is, is that God promised His presence in that wandering. And he promised a way for them to encounter him, not just Moses. He did meet with Moses in various ways as a friend would meet with a friend, you know, but he said, I want to be among the people, build me a tabernacle. And this tabernacle became so important to the Lord that he was like, it is so set apart and so holy, just like the sun. 
the sun is so set apart and so different than everything else in our universe. And if you fly too close to it, there's danger in it because it's so set apart and unique to what we know in our atmosphere. And it's the same thing with God's holiness. He was saying, my presence is here. It's so unique, so set apart, so holy, so different. So as you come near to it, there's going to be some things that you need, you need to be ritually clean with. And they weren't really about like their physical body clean. Sometimes they were, but it was more about ritually clean. Like you shouldn't be touching death when I'm life. And then just traipsing into my presence as though, hey, I flew close to the sun. Hope you enjoy it. He's like, no, 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 that, that they can't coincide. They can't exist together. So there's rules, right? Um, but here's what got me is I'm, I'm following their story and I'm, I'm learning about how God desperately wants his presence among his people and how they just complained and bickered the entire time. Mm. And I mean, like to the point where the ground opens up and swallows up a, rebe a rebellion of people that were led by this guy named Cora and like <laughs> just took them, the ground swallowed them, took them up and said, no more. No, we're not going to deal with y'all. And, and not only that, but y'all complained about not having garlic and olive oil and all these fruits and stuff that you had in Egypt and slavery. So now I'm going to make you have manna. And this first generation of slaves that have been released into freedom, you'll never get to see the promised land. Only your children will. I mean, like God was mm -hmm. like serious about his presence, serious about his promise. And we want to see this wandering as useless punishment. We want to see it as, well, ungrateful. They didn't know their identity yet. They'd been slaves. Now they're free. What do they do? But the reality is, is at the end of the book of Numbers, in probably the two most boring chapters, I'm not even going to lie to you, you see a whole list of every single place that God led them through the wilderness. It says, and then they camped from here, and then they went to this place and camped, and then they went to this place and camped, and then this place and camped. And you're like, shut it down. I can't read that much, you know? Um, but then you go to the next chapter, and it says, Moses had died. And here were the borders of the land that God had given them. And all of those borders from north, south, east to west, they had wandered into and camped in. And mm. I started realizing that their harvest, the promised land, the place where God had been leading them and what they felt like was such a horrible season of being disobedient, aligned, misaligned with God's presence, futile in their efforts, unsatisfied. The whole time, right underneath their nose, God had been revealing their surrounding outlying land so that when they got into the promise, they would know how to put up borders correctly. They'd know how to protect their promise. They'd know how to see that their neighbors, what kind of people that they really were because they encountered them in the wilderness, whether they were kind or unkind whether they mm -hmm. had to go against them in war or whether they were able to be allies. God allowed them 40 years, a whole generation to be able to fortify the promise. And we see it as, oh, that was the worst season of their life. They were wandering, no spices, no yummy food, just bickering. <laughs> Generations swallowed up by the earth. You know, new rules put in place with God they'd never had before. And all the while, God was faithful to a scope and a view that they never had. They couldn't see eternity of that moment. We get the joy of getting get, go read the whole story now and getting to see it with different eyes. But yeah. this is what I'm saying to all of those pushing through a difficult season, hoping for a harvest. And then when the harvest comes, you're like, ah, it's still not what I wanted. Do you know how many prayers are prayed for them to be free? 
You think that that vision of freedom looked like that to them? 40 years of wilderness? You know, the thing that you're praying for for your harvest has to have an eternal perspective, not a temporary one, or else you're never going to be satisfied. So a lot of silence in here for listeners. We're okay. <laughs> well, it, I mean, you just you just bulldozed a giant statement. Mm. And I need you to say it again. Do you remember what you said? It was a one-two, one-two punch. I don't remember which one. I, I think I said a lot of things that felt really, really powerful just then. Because it was like, yes. Temporary. To mm. the we temporary need to see eternal. the harvest as being eternal and not temporary. Yeah. If And you, you know, know the, if, the, yeah, go for it. The wild thing about them entering the promised land is that the cycle of disobedience and stuff continues eventually, right? Like, it's the, we're just, we're on, we're on this journey. We're just, it's this journey. It's these seasons. It's this never ending cycle of like, Lord, where are you? I right where I've always been. I'm right. I'm right with you. Like I'm leading you, like just depend on me. And it, it's, we're so human in this journey. Right. So there's going to be the question marks. There's going to be the confusion. There's going to be a mm. great, harvest and a great receiving where even in our humanity, it isn't enough. Right. Because yeah, we're selfish yeah. and we want it all. Um, but if we don't want all of the right things, which are eternal, instead of like Candace said, temporary, then we're totally a hundred percent missing the mark of what we're, we're created to live for. And so what I see you challenging us to do, Candace, is really to have a perspective shift into why why we're journey journey <laughs> I can say it journeying through the season we're in yeah and the perspective shift is one that might be seen moving from one that's seen in the natural to prayerfully considering what's going on in the supernatural my goodness yes the question for everybody today in this episode is simply this What's the eternal harvest that you're living for? Yeah. I want to stand before God and have him say, good job. Well done. Faithful servant. Come on and rest. I, that's my ultimate harvest. That's my harvest day. That's the apex. The one thing. It's not whether I get another trophy, another viral video, another moment to have my own TV show. We, we launch another podcast. I make a certain amount of money. Those things are so temporary in their value that they shouldn't be the harvest that I'm living for. The question is, is yeah. what is my eternal harvest? Will I see generations after me blessing the name of the Lord? Man, that's a harvest. Yeah. That's a harvest. Will I see my my grandchildren love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, strength? Mm -hmm. will, will there be things that break the fabric of what I see with my natural eyes that I'll get to experience with my supernatural eyes when this life is over? That's my harvest. That's the season. That's the fall. That's that's the gathering that I'm wanting to do. You know, Paul, he says, again, I say this, always be full of joy in the Lord. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. 
you know, a lot of us need to live with this anticipation in full awareness and full joy that, that the Lord's coming soon. And we, we have a harvest field and, and like, there's another passage in the new Testament. I'll find it and put it in the show notes for you. But it says that, um, Jesus had compassion on them when he looked out and saw them. And, but he also knew that the, the harvest was plentiful, but the workers were few. And that was a spiritual harvest he was speaking of. And I think about if I'm going to be on any side of eternity, right or wrong, I want to be on the right side of saying, put me in, let me be a worker for the harvest that matters. Don't let me be so consumed with trying to make a greater, bigger paycheck that I miss the eternal value of what's standing right beside me in the poor, right beside me in the homeless, right beside me in the needy, right beside me in the single mom, right beside me in, in the kid that doesn't have a ride to church and needs one. And God bless me with a bigger car, but oh, it's so cute because I get to go to X, Y, and Z now in a nicer car. What if God gave you that so that you could use it for eternal value? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's just a greater work to be pushing and planting in than what I feel like we genuinely do naturally. Yeah, I think the practical to this is have eyes to see the supernatural, but also open hands to give generously in the natural. Because what you were just describing mm -hmm. is the Lord put puts favor, favorable moments yep. upon our lives or, or we've worked hard uh, at our job and we're blessed, right? Like these are just natural things we do in our life. Like let's steward things well, let's be honorable and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But what do we do with those blessings? Are we going to be generous and remember this eternal perspective of mm -hmm. harvesting because yeah, my wheels are well, spinning over here. Candace. Well, let, let's hit that generosity before we end out this episode. Let's hit it real quick. I was speaking out of Philippians four when I said, live a life full of joy in the Lord rejoice, um, be considerate in all that you do. Remember that the Lord's coming soon. You can go on in verse 19 of that same chapter. And it says, the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Many of us use that verse about God's going to provide. He's going to provide everything that I need for this season. He's going to give it to me. Amen. And yes, he will. He provides in the natural. But this is coming from a man that's writing to a church where they wanted to give more than they were capable of doing. And he's saying, listen. I know that you're concerned about me. You're always concerned about me, but you didn't have the chance to help me financially, but that's okay. As you continue to give to me, God's going to continue to give to you and supply your needs. So he's not talking to a group of people that have a magic wish list and are saying, oh God, can you take care of my car payment this month? He's talking to a people saying, we refuse to stop giving into the work of the Lord because it has eternal value. And Paul's like, let me encourage you. As you do that, the Lord's going to supply every single one of your needs. It's not you come to God with a wish list and say, help me with my needs. Take care of every single daily bread thing that I have. He's saying, as you continue to give and be generous to eternal valued things, then God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches. So this is something that I don't think we understand with very temporary perspective on harvest seasons. And we've got to get out of that mindset. We've got to have an eternal harvest always in our mind. What's kingdom value? Do it. Plant it. Go. So get excited. If you were to give, if you were <laughs> be excited. 
be the happy holy <laughs> hustle. If you were going to give, if we're going to wrap up the show and you were to give, say, one challenge or a piece of home fun work uh, to the listeners mm. and to me, what what would that be? I think you can start at the bare minimum. I mean, like every single person can do this. And we've joked about this since season one with an Office Depot 10 cent sheet of paper. Make a list. <laughs> like start like off with a list. I know that that seems so like, oh, she always tells me to make a list. But make your list of what, Is it a gratitude? what carries eternal, eternal value versus temporary mm. value. What's the mm. eternal harvest versus temporary harvest? Like, think about how you divide your day. Go ahead, make a clock. And I want you to just take account of time. How much time, if you were going to pie chart that thing, is devoted to things that have temporary, nothing you can take out of this earth value that you invest in? And you would not just invest in monetarily, but like with your time, your thoughts, your anxiety, your future, your 401k, your job. Like if all you're doing is living for a bigger house that needs to be taken accounted for, you have to have a perspective shift to see I'm living 90% of my life for things that will not satisfy. So oh, you gave us a lot of homework, Candice. I I know. I know. I feel overwhelmed. Let, let's zero it in. <laughs> let's zero it in. I love it. It was hitting me in the soul, but let's zero in on making that list, obviously guys. Yeah. But focusing yeah. in on our thoughts, what, where are mm. our thoughts? Are they eternal or are they temporary? And I think starting mm. there will be a really helpful reflective through the power of the Holy spirit leading you in what you're yeah. brain dumping, because I think a lot of us will see that we're stuck in our own head and we're harvesting even the wrong thoughts and our, and the Bible says to rewire those. So I think that'll be a really great place to start. And then if you want to do the extra bonus homework, analyze how you're spending your time and that in itself will get you, get you mm. moving. <laughs> mm. I like the bonus homework people. They're the ones that are like, I need more. I need more. And, and for the bonus bonus ones, read Philippians four. This oh week. gosh. Read Philippians four. Well, because four nineteen is that God will supply all my needs. But go back up to verses twelve and thirteen. Who doesn't know Philippians four thirteen? For I can do all things through Christ, who strengtheneth me. You know what I'm saying? And listen, we have long labored that out of context. The verse right before it says, "I have learned to be content, no matter rich or poor, with whatever yeah. little or great that God gives." So now, because of that, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. You can live mm -hmm. large. You can live little. You can have eternal value or you can have temporary value. And sometimes that temporary value, you can live large with that man. But it doesn't hold a life that's a large harvest. It doesn't. Not necessarily. That was blanket. But you know what I'm saying. By and large, it doesn't. Yeah. And that, and reflecting on that, that's the foundation we were talking about in the beginning, mm -hmm. the foundation mm -hmm. from which we live in. Yep. So, so it, I think, I think fun work's going to be easy. Make your list, brain dump, eternal versus temporal bonus people, make your time chart, your pie chart. How much of my life am I dividing up after that brain dump? And then bonus, bonus fun work people read through <laughs> Philippians four. 
So this is kind of what you get when you get one of my Bible studies, by the way. So if you didn't like this episode, <laughs> don't buy them. Because we're just, because <laughs> no, it's, it's great. We're just fire, ho- we're fire hosing y'all with a lot of stuff. We're already five and... minutes over, but I felt like, yeah. man, we have such a skewed perspective of harvest and we need the church to get back to the place where we understand really what's important. What's important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and we have one more episode left of season. So we'll see. Oh, oh, it did. Yeah. One more episode left of seasons. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Kiri was trying yeah. to join us in that conversation. Yeah. So until next week, my friends, kick those shoulds out the door. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.